Welcome to Spirited Reads, a podcast about the books we read, the books we want to read, and the way our lives are shaped by reading. We're your hosts, Madeline and Robert, and we want you to love what you read and read what you love. Well, hello, Robert. Tell me all the things that you've read because, golly I, gee, did you finish some books? I did. I I I, I blasted out of a slump and, and knocked some things out. Um, I finished. Well, I went. It was one of those things where I'd been reading a bunch of long things, mm-hmm. and I needed a little reset. And I also was learning how to use the Libby app, and they and they were making too many things available before I realized I could hold off on them. Uh, <laughs> so I was I was guilt reading a couple. You'll start. You'll do those holds on Libby, and it's like. Seven week wait, and then all of a sudden, yep. in two days, you get a notification. Yep. Your hold and is after, ready. After it went from seven weeks to then, I got a notification. I went, I'll get that tomorrow. And then it was like, Sorry, you lost your <laughs> book. So now, when they pop up, I almost immediately go and, and do the, the 20 day. Yeah, and or they'll, just they'll get back to me. But of course, that means in about a week, like five things are going to pop back up again. Exactly. So, exactly. Um, but anyway, so in learning how to do that uh, and how to use that app, I listened to. Oh, and you upped your audiobook speed. I did, but I have thoughts on that. Okay, we'll, I, we'll touch on I, that. I um, I listened to Appaloosa by Robert B. Parker, which is the first in his one of his western series. Um, his two characters, Virgil Cole and Everett Hitch. Uh, it's a fun western story about the uh, the mean sort of corrupted rancher, and then the marshal and his buddy. Um, right there up was your a, alley. Yeah, there was a, there's a very good movie um, that's got Ed Harris and Viggo Mortensen as Hitch and Cole, and then Jeremy Irons as the evil rancher. I love that cast. It, it, they they temper it with a heavy dose of Zella Weiger. She's <laughs> oh. she's she's the lady oh. character, and she's the leading lady. She, I mean, she always as always she looks like she smells something funny every time she talks. So <laughs> so uh, anyway. Uh, so that was my, and it's a short, it's a real short read. So I knocked that one out and then went in, finished D-Day by Stephen Ambrose, which I've been working on for a little while now because it's mm-hmm. dense. Finished off one of our upcoming books of the month, which is When Women Were Dragons. Yes. Um, that was one that was just sitting by the bed and I was, I've been busy doing things. So I never, mm-hmm. when I finally get to bed, I don't even think to grab the book to read it. Yeah, if you're if you're reading along with us, we're doing when women when women were dragons for August book of the month. Yes, and who is that by Kelly Barnhill? Great. Yes, and it was very good. It was excellent. Yes, it's very good. Um, and then I went in and read Killers of the Flower Moon by David Gran, which is a true crime narrative nonfiction about the 1920s um, murders that took place on the Osage Reservation in Oklahoma. And during that time, there was a string of killings that were tied into the oil money riches of the of the northeastern Oklahoma territories, and the fact that the cities inside the Osage Reservation were these like sprawling, luxurious places because there was so much money moving. And then these murders were also being investigated not only by tribal police and state police, but J. Edgar Hoover and the earliest forms of the FBI were starting to investigate national uh, incidents that garnered national attention. And so it's uh, it's very grim, but it's a fascinating story. The way it's written, there's a lot of names. You have to you have to be able to keep track of a lot of characters, but 
or a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, the author does a good job in saying a person's name and then kind of giving you a there's so and so, but he did remember so and so from this, and or like there's this guy, but remember he's here now, but he was here then, and they'll get, he'll give you reminders throughout. It's real good. I recommend it. Um, That's been on my list for quite a while, and I saw you and Amy were both reading it. So. Yeah, it, it it it's one of those ones that you're listening, you're reading it or listening to it, and and um, there's a I don't know, not piece of history, but it's a little occurrence in the early to mid 20th century that not really many people know about. And, you know, you often think of, you know, oil, oil money and the oil boom in America. And you're thinking Tulsa, Houston, some of the big cities that are still standing now. But there was all this. There were millions of dollars pumping through the Osage Reservation that they lost because a bunch there at the time, there were these really shitty laws that let non uh indigenous or tribal members buy out these leases um when things started drying out they were basically just kind of taking the money away and they just kind of pumped all the money back out so uh it, it it's not a happy read but it's pretty fan sure. it's pretty uh fascinating and then um i finished off my art my challenge book yeah. all the light we cannot see my stressful vision impaired little girl story <laughs> Uh, I just got so many texts from you about how I know. Well, anytime, you were. anytime I got back into it and they would go over to her little chapters, I'd start getting worried. Mm. Um, I did, but it, it, it's such a pretty little ending. Like the story is, like it picks up because whenever I would talk about, I'd tell you about that, and I'd kind of go, "Okay, this is starting to stress me out again." You're like, "Doesn't get better." I'm like, "Well, it kind of does. It does get better." I, I, it didn't end like the sparrow, you know. No, I had. I went back after I talked to you about it a few times. I went back and looked up the synopsis because it's been a while. I read that sure. back when it won the Pulitzer. Mm-hmm. Um, and spoiler alert for oh, the episode. Yeah, we're Jeez. Over. Um, so it's been a, about ten years almost. Right? 2015. I yeah. Think. So it's been a hot second. So I, I had to look it back up, and I was kind of confusing it with another book that came out around the same time that did end really oh, sad. So. Sure. No, I thought it was good, and it was, it was interesting. The author hits that that present tense writing all the way through it and manages to carry the story, mm-hmm. which is incredibly difficult to do. Um, so I thought that was skillfully handled. I really liked, if you're familiar with the story, I really liked the unconventional or non-conventional or sort of lesser known paths that he approached or that he traveled in, you know, we know the world war two narrative um, mm-hmm. from the United States perspective, from the somewhat from the, the British um, German and Russian perspectives, but this was young people. Um, one passionate about radios, one passionate about her family and her dad with his jewel, his jewels. Mm-hmm. Just the way that he weaved all that together was w- wonderful. Um, it's one of those books that when I finish, re- you finish reading, you're like, yeah, yeah, that won an award. That's, Makes that's sense. prestigious. Makes sense. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that works for me. I'm, I'm, I'm totally on board with the praise the book has gotten. So, uh, but yeah, that was, my, that was my recent, in the past few days, just finished a bunch of stuff. Yeah, busting it out. Yes. Yeah, I've finished quite a bit in the last few days. I did slow down a tiny bit. I'm listening to a very long audiobook right now. It's like 30 hours. Um, so that's uh, Elantris by Brandon Sanderson. I'm reading that for 
With is a that couple the new friends. one? No, this oh. is his very first one he did. Oh. Yeah, so it has... A real long first one can be. It long. has some stuff in it. It took it a very long time, and I was texting my friend who's read it, and I'm like, when does the plot pick up? When does something happen? And he just kept saying, wait till the like last quarter of the book, which come on for a book that's 24 hours long or whatever. So it has picked up. I'm in the 65% of it, and I do like how he handles because like the whole idea of it is that there is this place called Elantris that's outside of the main city and people go through this magical transformation and they basically be, become um immortal and they people thought they were gods and so they moved to the city of Elantris where they all live together so it used to be like a tourist spot and like this place you would hope to become or you would hope to be be able to go to and then something happened it's typical Brandon Sanderson there's corrupted magic and then the main guy Heals the magic. Yeah. That's that's I mean, kind of I, his. I've never read. Sure, that's kind Sanderson of his trope story, that he so. writes in all of his yeah. fantasies. There's broken magic. Dude fixes it. That's kind sure. of like his formula, um, which I'm fine with. I don't mind that trope, but it just he does kind of it is overdone a little bit with him. But so of course the crown prince goes through the magical because now it's corrupted. So when people go through this transformation, they're actually decaying, and so it becomes like a leprosy colony almost. And of course the crown prince goes through it. He gets sent there, and then he kind of helps revive the city. It's, it's. I'm still kind of in the point where I'm waiting, like, okay, what's going to happen? But I do like that it is, um, it's kind of his fantastical touch on depression because there's this whole thing where when you become an Elantran, you don't have to eat um, to sustain yourself, and so all these people are just, like, laying in the streets decaying, but they can't actually die. And so they're just basically wasting away but not ending their life and so he goes in and he's just saying even if you don't need to eat let's garden so that our city is beautiful or let's build our homes or clean up our streets and so it's kind of his fantastical touch on depression which i like um it is definitely his first right his female characters are written like a early 2000s fantasy (laughs) female character um but it's it's good. I, I don't like the narrator very much. I won't even say who it is because I don't want to poop on anybody. But I'm, I probably would not have finished it if I wasn't listening to it with some friends. And it did really pick up. So that's I'm listening to that one. And then I am digitally reading Into the Drowning Deep by Mira Grant. And that is the one that you I have read. it. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to probably start it soon. <laughs> yeah, so this is a spooky... A book about a mockumentary crew um, and their entertainment media conglomerate called Image. And they send this crew out to find Bigfoot or to find Yeti or to find leprechauns or whatever. Isn't it? It's not. Isn't it Imagine? I might have been reading Because I I remember when I first, when I I did my little. It's probably Imagine. When I did the little 10 page, which worked and brought me into it. Yeah. One of the fun, the thing that that got me on Imagine is that's, that's Ron Howard's film company Mm. so i was going and so as soon as i hit that i was like oh wait hold on did they get permission to like bring some real people into this no but it's still going to distract me every time they say imagine no i think you're right i just yeah i think it is imagine so they have sent out their first documentary crew to the uh, mariana trench to find mermaids and that crew uh the ship well the ship doesn't disappear the crew disappears the ship is found and then because the U.S. Navy finds the ship and finds all of the film evidence, they release it, whereas Imagine was going to try and, like, squelch it. Yeah. 
So then they send out another crew, and that's who you follow as you follow the second crew. Yeah, because right at the very like the first couple of pages, they they it's the main character watching With the video of her sister. Yeah, yeah. So you know what's going to happen right off the bat. It's rough. Yeah. And what I love about it is that it's like half scientists, half reality TV stars because they're filming all of it, and so. They bring one of the main characters, Olivia, is like this cosplayer who is like Imagine's main head. And so she like is this cute little blonde that documents all this stuff. And she she's hilarious. And um, because it's half reality TV stars, they bring on these like big game hunters that have their own reality reality TV show. And they're like horn dogs. And so it's so funny. There's these scenes where they'll be like their bed was covered in weapons, but they still made room. And so it's like, it's sure, sure. so funny. And like, uh, it's you can tell it's purposely yeah. kitschy and it's supposed to be kind of like a reprieve from how intense the book is. Yeah, Cause I remember when I read the back and I started reading, I was going, I don't know about this. And then when I read the first little bit of it, I went, Oh, they're having fun and making fun of a whole lot of things that I like to make fun of. So yeah, it, the writing, there's some really, it's, a good, it's like a good spoof. Yeah. There's some really dark. cheesy, moments but you can tell the book in itself is like a mockumentary so it's very enjoyable so that's into the drowning deep by mira grant and then i am physically reading the tenant of wildfell hall by Anne bronte so sure that one's taking me i'm taking my time with that one i hit i hit this point when i when i finished all those books because i finished i finished um all the light we cannot see today you text me <laughs> um and i finished you said stress is i finished when when we dragons today because i was sitting in a waiting room waiting for my son to finish one of his appointments and i just finished it so i finished both of us today which because of that i uh i kind of hit a point in which i was i actually got to a point where i was like oh i don't have anything i'm reading right now it's time to move on like it was a weird like lull which is sometimes fun because it's like here's all the things i yeah. could read let's just grab one and yeah. start a bunch and so so well what i what i when i quickly turned on libby um because you know, I feel like a, a real feel good read. Um, I got a, I checked out from or digitally downloaded a book called Down Along with That Devil's Bones by mm. Connor Town O'Neill. It's a, well, Down Along the Devil's Bones, a reckoning with monuments, memory, and the legacy of white supremacy. It's basically uh, the, the, the account of this uh, fella who is living and working in Selma, Alabama. In, about 2012 to 15 and sort of researching and reckoning with all of the history that that city has uh, both in the civil rights movement and in the post civil war era when the Nathan, the famous Nathan or infamous Nathan Bedford Forrest statue was put up in the cemetery and the sort of legacy of clan activities in that area this, the, the, the Civil War is a thing that I've always been fascinated with. And so every once in a while, I get away from a sort of not a reality check, but just to, you know, keep the brain active. I get away from the military tactics and that side of things. And I'll jump over and read something that has to do with social impact. Mm -hmm. there, was a, there was a book that came out right, I think it was 1999, um, called Confederates in the Attic by an author who basically kind of did similar to what this guy has done. He was living up in the, I believe it was the DC area and he goes to a, a battle reenactment. And then from there starts traveling through the South, just talking to people. And it's, you know, not always 
a, a nice. It's not, it's not always good to hear what some people have mm-hmm. to say about things, but it's just one of those. This there's there's still some really bizarre beliefs being held, and sometimes it's good to be aware of what's going on. So I, I and it's also short. It's not a long one. So I was like, I can I could do this real quick, and then um, I'm also having the the old anxieties because I'm about to have to go on a trip and read something on that trip. So. I don't know. Well, this will transition perfectly because it's time for us to pick our next book challenge for it each is. other. Well, plus, but well, before the challenge, I, I I did also get my my copy of <laughs> Sylvia. Oh, Sylvia. Sylvia! And then the insert old, her theme music. The yeah, the daughter of Doctor Moreau. Wow. So Chase hates my theme music. No, Chase is just the butt. I worked so hard. Twenty takes. It's so good. Um, it's it's such a bop. So so many so many times and and with my guitar going, I can't get it right, and then I got it right. But yes, Daughter of Doctor Moreau, which just came out the nineteenth. Mm-hmm. Was that? Yeah, the nineteenth of July. But I got mine. I'm gonna read it. It's gonna be glorious. Hey, I'm about to go get mine. That and also, I mean, Murder Mermaids. You know, I mm-hmm. have that, so I need to get. But that one, I don't know that one's. I don't know if that one's going with me because it's it looks long. It is long, it's but it's thick. it's also a very fast read, and so much happens. There's because it's basically the ship that goes out the second time is like a cruise ship size. So there's all these different scientists doing different tests okay. that you can follow. So like this person's testing sonar, and this person's testing. Oh, we know that they do. They have sign language to communicate. So we're gonna have sign language classes over here, or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's it's very interesting. There's lots to take in. It's a cool. fast read. I think. I'm gonna have to go. I'm gonna have to make a half price book trip because this is. Some of what I'm doing is going to be beach reading, so I need some some sacrificial some sacrificial books. Hell yeah, they get can get dummy. damaged. Well, I'm, I'm thinking I've been thinking because our plan to do our our vampire fiction episode, <laughs> thinking about some Anne Rice, some old Anne Rice, yes, some interview with the vampires or Lestat, and other yes. other yeah, some of her. But like I could go to Half Price Books, get a mass market paperback, and sure, it doesn't even have to come back with me if I yeah. finish it. Feed it to the birds, but <laughs> <laughs> put it in some seagull's nest. Perfect. Yes. But okay. book challenge. You want me to go first? I think I picked first last time. You did because you wanted to, you made a whole big show out of rolling. Okay. Are wow. we rolling again? I'm going to roll again. I have your list, but you, you can tell me first what I'm reading. Okay. Well, I, um, I hope it's what I hope it is. <laughs> I don't think it is. Really? Because I thought maybe because we were talking about Pulitzer Prize that maybe you're making me read March. No, I wasn't because yeah. I wasn't going to make you go hit something that heavy. I was, give, I was actually going to give you something you might read in a day. Great, because the company. See, and that's why I didn't go with March. You can't that's see me right now. I people was at looking home, at. But... I was looking at some. I was looking at some other things, and I hit like a couple more like Cold War stories. I went, oh no, I don't want to do that again. No, I'm not going to do that to you. Give two me, in a row. give me like two, two or three books because, in between. Yeah, because, uh, yeah, I, I March can wait a little bit. Okay, it, it's, it's on my list for yeah, this month. It's so it's it's so good, I'm but excited. it is it it's not a happy story. Well, but it's a small story. No, it looks small. It takes some time. Sure, but it, like still, it's not yeah. like I'm reading 800 pages of depression. Right. But it's one of those things. Geraldine Brooks kind of does that. You can tell that every word has its reason mm-hmm. to be on the page. You so, want to take time. Well, and you'll read for an hour or two and look at your progress and go, oh, wait, hold on. How long How long have I been reading? Because there won't be that many pages passing. Unless you just don't care and you're like, I'm just going to burn through this in May. <laughs> so, all right. So, back when I first got... When I first became aware of YA fiction, why? Are, Sorry, why? I'm already laughing at this because so this is really funny. Keep going. Sorry. So it was 2006. I was sitting 
in the cafe at the Barnes and Noble in downtown DC. We were living there. I had just worked a shift at that one, and I was looking. And the cafe was next to the kids section, and I was looking at all of the book stand of the cardboard displays. Mm-hmm. And one of them, uh, I read this blurb at the top, and it said, "It said Frank Bedore is currently in hiding." Because people hate him for what he's done to the Alice in Wonderland story. Have you read The Looking Glass Wars? Through The Looking Glass? No. Have you read The Looking Glass Wars? Uh-uh. Okay. So. Ooh. Yeah. We've had a few copies of these because Ethan's read them. Amy's read them multiple times. It's a trilogy, but I would just read that one. Really. Okay. So it's this weird alternate, <laughs> like not almost steampunky different way of looking at Alice in Wonderland. Okay, honestly, this works out really well because the theme for this month's book club at the cafe is retellings. Nice. So I can just zippy doo da day get two birds. Yeah, I don't know. Situation. I don't know how easy it is to find those because I don't often see them. No, we like, get, sorry, uh, for the book club, we're doing two that we all pick together and then a wild card. Okay, so this cool. This my wild card. Yeah. So yeah, it's, but it's. Uh, I love the cover art. Yeah, it's, it basically kind of constructs a different narrative with, the story you know, but things have changed. I that, love that red is 2D. It's like I'm already into yeah, it just because And red. Alice is A-L-Y-S-S. Yeah. Oh, and, and the book is so cool. Look the, at the cover. The Mad stuff. Hatter is actually her bodyguard. His name's Hatter Madigan. Yeah. And there's all this. There, it's it's wild. It does not take long to read. I think it's, I can't, it's been a while since I've read it. I do remember the second the, the second and third book. There's like Transformer yeah, they're like they're like steampunky, like the the yes, the, it's the like decks a, it's of like cards. It's like a diagram of how the decks of yeah. cards transform. The decks of That's cards are all steampunky. So cool. Um, so we'll this. see. You can see we'll see how it holds up from when it was published fifteen Great. years ago or no, seventeen years ago. I'm all uh, for this. Thank you. So there's your challenge. It, see, I, I was I went for a shorter one or a lighter one. Yeah, you still got probably like four hundred pages, but yeah, I mean, like you there's said, a little and there's a little there's a cute little YA romance in there too. Love it. Yeah. Alice okay. And her and her little her friend Dash. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Okay. All right. Ready for yours? I'm yeah. Gonna roll. Okay. Oh, have you read? Have you read Atonement? Yes. Oh, damn. Okay. Back when it came out, because that was similar. It was right around the same time. As okay. That. Well, that's yeah. one of my five that was, star reads. From- that was yeah. That was one of my uh that book. Cause that got did that get the Pulitzer? Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Hold on. I have a list. Of I remember Pulitzers. I saw the I saw the movie and then I read the book. Because I was working at Barnes and Noble when that happened, and so everyone on everyone on staff was reading Atonement. Okay, well, because then. we were it was our rebellion against the secret because that's when the secret came out. And it so, will re-roll. Okay. Oh, I thought you were gonna roll dice. Actually, well, that's oh, this is a thick one. Okay. <laughs> so I want you to read the Secret History by Donna Tart, which did get a Poulter. Is that one you get? Do I have that one? No, I don't. I don't think I have. That's that one, one I would have potentially gotten you yeah, the one that i think i thought was your history did. was time after time just kidding the goldfinch by donna tart won the pulitzer in yes, 2014 but personally i like secret history okay. better. so i really think you're gonna like it okay. um just be warned not a lot of redeeming characters okay great okay she's thick um i think i have a copy i uh, don't let me forget before you leave i will cool. give you my copy cool those are our book challenges yeah, yeah. Speaking of non, yeah, I well, and with characters that don't have any redeemable values. Before I decided to give you the, uh, the YA book, I was also looking at James Elroy stories, and again, no one, no one's nice in a James Elroy That's story. That's okay. So, but again, that would have been real thick crime stuff. You would have looked at me and gone, really? 
Really? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's okay. So, you can pick it next time yeah. for me. So. Cool. So, yeah, Looking Glass Wars, Frank Bador, and Secret History. Don Tart. You'll like it. Jamie Tart. Jamie Tart. And transition we, music. Yeah. <laughs> So the subject at hand. Oh yeah, you can keep the music going under. Spin one. Um, we're here to talk a little bit about the Pulitzer Prize because it's a book podcast, and so why not? Um, we're a little late. We are. The the everything was announced in June. Um, and our lives kind of still haven't gotten. I mean, I haven't been able to read any of these. But quick overview. Uh, the Pulitzer Prize has been awarded every year since 1917. Joseph Pulitzer, Joseph Pulitzer was a journalist and publisher of the New York World and the St. Louis Post-Dispatched. Dispatch. I don't know a lot about the history of journalism in America, but apparently his two these two papers that he oversaw, um, I, I repeatedly found the quote turned the United States into a newspaper reading country. Hmm. So um, I guess, I mean, there seems to be some importance. Uh, I just don't know much about his work. Um, when he wrote a will in 1904, he, he stipulated that provisions be made for the establishment of prizes in his name as an incentive for journalistic excellence. And the first awards were given in 1917. At the beginning, there were four awards in journalism, four in letters and drama, and one for education, and five given as traveling scholarships for budding writers and young talent. Um, over time, more categories have been added. Classical music was added in 1943. Online journalism was added in 1997. And then in 1998, the music category was widened to encompass a range of American music, uh, which is why now not just classical and jazz albums will get recognized. Kendrick Lamar had an album that won the Pulitzer Prize. Mm-hmm. Um, entries, you can enter, anyone can enter. You pay $75 and send in your entry, and it gets reviewed. Um, one award in each of the tw- now 21 categories uh, makes the winning rate less than one in a lot. I don't know. I, I saw a math formula at one point. So I didn't realize that's how, I didn't know that that's how it works. So do people, can you nominate Books or are books that you have to enter to be considered for it? You have to, you have, there's a, there's a process that you fill out to send in your work. So I'm assuming like those really, like the fiction winners, probably this like super well selling, like their editor will send yeah, Yes, they will be, they okay. will often be prompted to, to send something. That in. makes sense. Um, there are 102 judges currently on the Pulitzer board. How fun would that be just to get to read shit and give out money? I just, I would have to have time to read. Well, but that was like your that. job. Well, yeah. that I mean, a lot of these are professors and editors and yeah. people in the literary profession. And then uh, your, your award is a certificate and a $15,000 check. If you're in the journalism category for which the awards were even originated, you get this really cool looking gold medal um, with Ben Franklin on one side and Joe Pulitzer on the other. 
And you get to say you have a freaking pull. Yeah, it, it, there's a lot of you get some serious street cred. Um, I don't know something about I. I wonder like what the statistics of how well stuff sells after they're yeah. announced. Well, and I I don't know some of there is and there's there is ongoing controversies over who wins what when. I think it's 2012. There wasn't a Pulitzer Prize for fiction. No, I saw that because on the list. because there was all this weird political scandal stuff that was going on. Um, so and that's happened actually several times throughout the 20th century and into the 21st. Different categories. They 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 just kind of go nope. All right, we can't come to an agreement on this. And then the main thing, the main driving force behind getting your work considered, is your work needs to be you need to be an american citizen writing about some aspect of living an american life okay so if you are a um if you are an immigrant and you and you are a you're you become a citizen you write your work you can write about you know your experiences as an immigrant but you're writing it from the from the perspective of as an american citizen Okay, interesting. Um, and those, and that's like that's it's a loose guideline mm-hmm. because there's a couple on here that I know I've read that it's the the America side of it is just a piece of the story, right? But in 2022, the winners that were just announced, fiction, the the winner for fiction was a novel called The Netanyahu's, an account of a minor and ultimately even negligible episode in the history of a very famous family. Yeah, it's such a title. Yeah. And uh, like it's uh, it's such a title that I thought it was nonfiction. Right, it could be. I mean, I don't know. Again, I, there's nothing on this year's that I've made it to yet, uh, that I've read or really even handled because, you know, it's a year. It's been a year. Um, we do we do a few things in life. Yeah. Um, but apparently it's very good. Yeah. Um, I, and I have something to say about this year's winners too. Did you yeah. do you look at journalism at all? The I didn't look at anything. Or, journalism related except for their special citation okay well in commentary a writer for the kansas city star won this year oh wow yeah so melinda henenberger won and um she wrote a commentary it's several so i guess commentary is several like it's a recurring column mm-hmm. that happens so she wrote several columns throughout 2021 about roger golbitsky golubsky <laughs> I don't know how to say his name, but he is a former KCK cop and there were lots of prostitutes that he was processing or like incriminating um, and then he would rape or sexually assault them. That's not, that's, you know, so it's about, that's it's, not good. No, and so it's her, it's, it's her obviously commentating on why he wasn't convicted and what happened and um, so he's a retired police detective and he's just accused. There is no, he hasn't been, as far as I've read, he hasn't been brought to justice. Nothing's happened because her whole the whole thing is her demanding justice for the victims, especially because a lot of them were like taken off the street by him, mm-hmm. and so it was definitely a power issue. So I thought that was kind of interesting. I mean, obviously the story sucks; it's a terrible story, but it was interesting that it's a writer that from Kansas City. Sure. So I thought that was really cool. Yeah, so that is uh, one of the winners in journalism. Um. Drama was a play called Fat Ham by James L. James. Are you going to read it? No. I have. Like, I read the synopsis and. No, no interest? Not at all. I'm like, oh, Hamlet, that's the thing. Oh, a barbecue in the American South. Boy, what do I think about family stories? Not much time we, for those. We talked about that last episode I don't, about your. I don't, need, I don't need to waste time on another August Osage County. Your dislike I, for. Ugh, 
I don't. They, they do just, well with with dramas, though. People yeah. like to watch that. It stresses me out yeah, sometimes. Yeah, it's just I. I, I love don't. to read. Like I love. We talked about this last episode. I love family sagas, yeah. but I don't love watching them. Sometimes it stresses me out. Um, there's a in their history nonfiction covered with night by Nicole Eustace, which is about a murder of a Native American in early the early Americas, mm-hmm. and then another another book about a history of. Cuba and its relationship, the, the 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 interesting relationship we've had with that tiny tiny country. Um, I thought the biography winner looked really interesting. Yeah, chasing me to my grave. Mm-hmm. It's illustrated, which I love. See? That yeah, yes. I think that's awesome. And is it his illustrations? Um, I don't know. I I haven't. This is not one I've seen in person. I just was reading about it today. Well, okay, sorry. It might be. I feel like it's her probably... illustrations because the author is Winfred Rembert, so it sounds like it's a her. Yes, I think it it's the illustrations mm-hmm. of the of the subject. Yeah, that one looks really interesting. And then I, I mean, I'm trying to get into poetry for you and my sister, but the Frank sonnets by Diane Seuss looks interesting. Could be. Um, yeah, it's always hard for me to tell with poetry based off the description whether I I wouldn't ever know from a description if I'm gonna like it or not. Honestly, you just have to open it up and read a couple. Yeah, which is great about poetry because it's like, okay, I, yeah. I'm down five minutes. Great. Don't exactly. have, you know, no investment. Um, um, and then general nonfiction, a book called Invisible Child, Poverty, <laughs> Survival, and Hope in an American City. Ugh. Which I love a coming of age story. I'm It's a trope I didn't talk about last episode, but I love coming of age. But the homelessness crisis, that is really tough because that feels un, like unfathomable and that feels like a crisis that i i can have no effect on and so that that overwhelms me a tiny bit i mm. mean it looks really good yeah and then the pulitzer the pulitzer committee it issued a special citation to the journalists of ukraine mm. i thought that was really good for their courage endurance and commitment to truthful reporting mm-hmm. um because it's yeah that's it's that's it's been a rough year for them. yeah they say despite uh, bombardment, abductions, occupation, even deaths in their ranks, they have persisted in their effort to provide an accurate picture of a terrible reality. Yeah. Which I thought was excellent. So, yeah, lots of good picks this year, and I'm definitely going to read the fiction. I will probably read uh, that one of the artist one. So, what I thought, I was, I, I started to, you know, make lists and things, but then going through Pulitzer.org, which is actually a really well, Put together, I it's think. A great website well, to navigate. Website. Yeah. Um, I started looking at some of the past winners. I was mainly sticking to fiction, so I'm not. So I wasn't reading all night. But there's a few things that you know. I've there's a few things that popped up that I was like, I'm familiar with that story, and there's a few things that look interesting. Mm-hmm. So I was just thinking, we can we can go through and and talk about some books on the list on the on that have won the awards that we under. Like, it's like one of those things where it's like, oh well, yeah, of course it's got this award. Sure, it seems to rise above many others in its sort of category and then others that might be hey speculation this could be interesting i also noticed in the past past few years we there's been a lot coming through the sort of the awards process um about uh either displacement of native american tribes or the recognition of what's gone on in mm-hmm. their in those cultures in the past 70 80 years and after Reading um, Joy Harjo, our our Native American poet laureate, and um, Killers of the Flower Moon, which I just finished, mm-hmm. um, it's 
it's a subject that it it's heartbreaking. It's also fascinating. Um, after going to when you were at the Grand Canyon, did you come out through that reservation? When you did you come out the east side? We did, yes. Yeah, and you re- and you suddenly kind of realize where you are, and mm-hmm. you realize you're actually seeing it firsthand. Going, mm-hmm. oh, this is like I just I don't know what to do except right. to be aware. Um, there's a there's a book that came out a long time many years ago called Bury My Heart at Wounded Knee, which was the first time I think I had read anything about mm-hmm. sort of the displacement and those things. Um, but The Night Watchman is a novel about a community's efforts to halt displacement in the 1950s. And it, that one in 2021. And I am, I think I put that one, I think I'm going to put that one on my list. It's interesting to me. One of the ones that popped up that made me kind of double check the whole written by Americans and an American experience I in the summer uh read The Sympathizer. Okay. And I don't know the middle name pronunciation, but Viet and then the last the, the surname is Win. Viet Han. Yeah. Han. Um I Win. read it because I was reading like the when the book got purchased, when it won the award and got purchased to be made into a movie, I was reading a blurb. I did not really enjoy the book. Like it okay. wasn't for me. It was strange. the 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 path of the story was odd. Well, it isn't it an unreliable narrator a little bit because he has. It, it's not like he has dual personalities. It is, but but it's it's it was. I think it was strange to me. I I don't know. I like I like a little more focus in a lot of stories, but like this one was weird because it was. It started with the fall of the South Vietnamese government at the end of, at the end of the war when America when the United States pulled out, mm-hmm. and it's this guy that leaves. Uh, Vietnam and goes to Hollywood. Oh, it's it's it, he's like a technical advisor on a war movie. It's very strange. Um, it was it just really wasn't a story. It, it, I like I made it all the way through. It wasn't my favorite. The author has written several or several books that have that all name gotten sounds really familiar. that have all gotten a lot of acclaim. Um, but that was one where I had to stop and kind of go, wait, hold on. And then I, you know, 2015, all light we cannot see. Mm, you just read that, yeah. And it's one of those. It was one of those things where Anthony Dewar is—I I don't know if he's an, a born American or if he's a, if he's come over from um, a different country. But I had to stop and go. But wait, hold on. There's no Americans in this one. There's Germans and French mm-hmm. and things like that. But I think in that you can see the aspect where it's talking about the power of technology and knowledge and how mm-hmm. it can be used, how it can be abused, and how that could you know be applied to life here. Because there's a few things that are in that book that are uncomfortably true today, still. Mm-hmm. And then I recognized the goldfinch, right, from when you read that, and I, I just remember that was one of your troubled reads. I don't think you were the biggest fan. Were you? The- I liked it a lot. Yeah. It just is was not secret history to me. Like, yeah, that secret history was better. Um, but yeah, I mean, going back a little bit, early two thousands, the road. I don't know sure. how I haven't talked about this book more because that was one of those mass market paperbacks that I picked up and it got me back into reading in high school at some point when I was in a huge reading sub I hadn't read like all year and I read The Road and I love the uh like post-apocalyptic world I love the relationship between the father and the son it's very gritty have you read it yet I've never read, I've never been interested in reading The Road I like Cormac McCarthy's other stuff yeah I like Blood did you, Meridium and did you all watch the, the movie with yeah the, okay. I watched some of it it's rough because you know it's yeah. the whole thing with especially like the cannibal uh, gang that's mm-hmm. following them. It's rough when the, he's stuck in the farmhouse at that one point. It's a gritty movie yeah. I mean, or a it's, gritty it's, story. Yeah, it's it's 
for Cormac McCarthy, it's it's pretty on point. But it's sure. also one of those things. Whenever that, whenever I first saw that one from one of the other things he's written, I went, eh. I mean, and I think it was also because people were like, "Have you ever read Cormac McCarthy? He's so great. He wrote this book called The Road." And I'm like, "Okay, okay you're being a hipster about it." Yeah, there's, <laughs> yeah, I was like, "There's so many others that are really good too." Yeah, so. I think what I really liked about The Road is because during that time I was like into Walking Dead and like the whole like like I said post apocalyptic mm. world, but I was very much into the more sci fi side of it. And so to read something like The Road done in that world that I like, but very literary fiction and I don't know, just written so well. I think it was a really nice transition into me for me into some more, you know, I also think it was beats. very, it was one of, it's one of his more accessible. Yeah. Books. Um, yeah. You can get into the story pretty quickly. Yeah. And I mean, just really the relationship between the father and the son is what propels right. it. And it's so good. And then of course, March, I haven't read yet, but it's year on before. my list year before. Oh. Um, Gilead by Marilyn Robinson in 2005. I don't think I've finished it, but it's been on my list for a while. Um, I remember when The Known World came out. That was a big deal. I remember everybody was reading that one. And Middlesex by Jeffrey Eugenides. I, I didn't read them. I read Empire Falls. My mom has been But that was 20 years ago, and I can't. I don't remember. I remember I read it because the movie or miniseries had Kevin Klein in it, I think. Uh, my mom has been working through, I think she's working through all of the pollsters. I think she started at the bottom and is working her way all the way up. I don't know where she is right now. I should have asked yeah. her. We should have had her on as a guest, actually, because she knows everything there is to know about the Pulitzer Prize winners. But, um, yeah. yeah, so she's been trying to get through all of them. But uh, Amazing Adventures of Cavalier and Clay, That book course. is great. I love that book. That was um, 2001. Oh, also on 2002, one of the ones that was uh, didn't win, but it was up for it, The Corrections. Mm -hmm. That was, again... That was one I think I had it for a while and just I think I think I had to get rid of it when I was when we were moving because mm -hmm. I didn't get to it and it just had to go. The hours was ninety nine. Talked about that one. Yeah, and one of the the uh, runners up, the Poisonwood Bible. That one's really good. I don't know if you've read that one. I have not. I had a friend that was reading it at the same time I was reading the hours and we would talk it's back really and forth. Good. I read American Pastoral. Philip Roth is nuts. Really, he's, he's a crazy I haven't man. Read that one. And I also, one of the ones that didn't win that year, Don DeLillo's Underworld. I've heard a lot about him. Really good things, yeah. I know Walter's a big fan. Um, okay. But, and I think it was one of those things where when I first heard the name Don DeLillo, it, to me it sounds like uh, like a mass market like crime writer. Yeah. And so I was like, New no, from Don, Don DeLillo. Like, you read Don DeLillo's book? I'm like, no. And <laughs> then I went and looked at him and I went, oh, maybe I should. His fifth book of the year. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I get that. Um, but uh, 1991, I talked about this book a couple uh, while ago. Uh, not the one that won, but the runner-up, "The Things They Carried" by Tim O'Brien. Yeah, that's the one where it's it's like the things that the Viet the soldiers that went to Vietnam what they had on them. Sure. And what was sent back with their bodies? Correct, Chase. Chase read this in school, I believe. Yeah, I read it a long time ago. It's the things that were sent back with their bodies or what they were able to have on their persons. That was really good. I think you would like that one. Yeah, 1988, You Get Beloved by Toni Morrison. Which, have you read that? I have not. Okay, that's good. It's sad. Yeah. But. It's on the list. 1986, There's Lonesome Dove. Oh. I know, it's on my so list. Good. I promise I'll read it. So good. 1983 is Color Purple, which I have read. Yep, that one's um, good. That was one that I, I kind of, and that's a short one. That's a good. And then you start going further and further back, and it's like, I. There's 1975, There's The Killer Angels. There's one of my little books that changed my life. That's the one. That's about the Battle of Gettysburg, but it's okay. a, it's not. It's novelized. It's gotten some flack recently because it's considered to be a little too sympathetic towards Southern characters. Oh, you talked about this. Yeah. Well, 
And it's just that it doesn't, the story does not talk about what was going, the story is focused on the battle except for one scene where the author makes his point on where he stands. Cause uh, one of the reg, one of the union regiments, the 20th Maine, um, they find a runaway, uh, a runaway slave. And there's a conversation between two characters. One of them being a historical character and one being basically the author's fictional character mm. on how to like, this is like a, here's where I stand moment. And it's a beautiful moment, but they leave off. They don't talk about there. Well, there is a, there's a couple of moments in the Southern camp where they kind of talk about secession and I'm not saying it wasn't handled poor that it was handled poorly. It's just it was handled not in a condemning way. So it's gotten some flack. Um, but it's it's a very it's a good book. And especially if you don't know like when I read it, I had not yet been to Gettysburg, but whenever I got there the first time, I I like I remember walking around, walking doing the tours and walking the grounds going, Oh, I know exactly where I'm standing because I've read this and I remember. And it was and I've read it many times. But I, yeah, I don't think, I mean, besides, I mean, To Kill a Mockingbird. Right. Anything older than that. I mean, yeah. Old Man in the Sea. Andersonville. I read that's the mm-hmm. Civil War one. That's about the Andersonville prison. That one's rough. Kane Mutiny. Read that. But then, uh, yeah. So there's, wow. James Missioner's on there. That's, he's, he, he writes, he writes real, real long books. Um, yeah. And I always, I, I do always go through and I, I like to see what, plays one because there's some things I've worked on and some things I really like. Oh, yeah. Clyborne Park by Bruce Norris. Mm-hmm. That was 2011. And Ruined. That one's rough. And then August Osage County, which is where, mm-hmm. that's the things where I'm going. It's it's one of the things where, so in 2007, the Pulitzer Prize for Drama went to Rabbit Hole, which just destroys you and is beautiful and is amazing and so Rabbit sad. Hole? Yeah. yeah. And then 2008, it's August Osage County, which is literally, to me, the story of a bitchy mom being mean to her children and they're like oh that's mom she's got a legacy and they're like no she was and like the this the dot it's that it's moms and daughters and the daughters are like she sucks but man she earned it and i'm like no no yeah i no. mean it's definitely like it's like some of the things where it's like don't literally like, like to me the super hyper realistic like wow this conversation could have happened i and i could have been in the room that to me does not translate well onto like i'm like i don't want to watch that you know but lots of people do want to i know (laughs) and i know there's like a pathos element to it but it it, oh but then 2005 doubt john patrick Mm -hmm, shanley amazing so yeah there's 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 a lot there but um do you have any insight on like for me it was in the drama mostly it's in the drama but like could you look at two books or so that have won and gone, okay, I understand why this one, I don't understand why this one, or I understand why this one, why couldn't, like, why couldn't book C have won? Yeah, I, I mean, all the ones that I recognize the la- within the last 20 years, I've all thought absolutely should win. You know, The okay. Road. Do you Mar- think The Goldfinch should have won? Yeah, I do think so. Okay. I do think so. It was, I think, honestly, here's the thing. I think I really liked The Goldfinch. I think I rated it five stars, and then I watched the movie, and unfortunately, that like tainted a lot of the story for me. And so I think I need to reread it in like a fresh viewpoint because okay. now I'm thinking about the movie, which I didn't like as much. And so, no, The Goldfinch is excellent, and I still think you should absolutely read it. Um, I just after watching the movie and then watching the sec- or reading the Secret History, I just like some of her other work better. But I still sure. think it was a great. Great book, all the light we 
cannot see absolution of one amazing adventures of cavalier and clay is one of my favorite books of all time that one's great yeah there are times when looking at some of the some of the books on these on these lists that i wish that there was a moment where something was recognized as like a good old adventure that's the thing about Pulitzer Prize. It's like when, like when Return of the King won the Best Picture Oscar, and yeah, it, and every and a bunch of people got mad, and everybody's like, "Finally, this is a movie that's just rip roaring fun." Yeah, but because it looks so good. You don't it have was to be so de- skillfully made. Yeah, you don't have to be depressed for the book to be good. Yeah, you know, and like I mean, I feel like every book we've talked about is like, "Oh, that's a rough one. That's a rough one." Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, also some of them, some of them, some of the real quote literary fiction, which is literally. People just getting up, going about their lives, and going back to bed, and and I don't know. There's just times when I'm like, throw some, throw something in there, throw some something amazing in there. Yeah, I would love to. Sh- I would love to for people to shake it up a little bit, and I'm like, ugh, well, I don't know. Maybe we should cut this later. But I'm about to say something potentially semi controversial. <laughs> I think sometimes books are nominated or things are nominated that are rough or very much social commentary at the time for the sake of nominating a book that is social commentary. Does that make sense without that, that's been that's been a that's been going I mean they've been debating that for years. That's like a thing that Right, like the book It's always that's always being uh, that that's always being asserted. Like I don't want to say it's not important. It absolutely is important. But is it just important or is it also an excellent book? Oh, I understand. I and see what you're saying. And I and I don't like I don't want to poop on anything you said about like all of the um discussion we've been having about the displacement of native american tribes i think that's so important and i think books can be amazing with that storyline that's not what i'm saying but is it just are things just being nominated for the shock factor or for the like sake of saying we nominated some you know right i don't know i i don't have an opinion on it i'm just kind of curious I think that's a risk that's always being that's that, that i think there's always a risk there that 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 could be something that Depending on who's doing the decision making. Sure. What is what are their motivations? Well, and it's like, okay, so say you had a really good, like, say Lord of the Rings was nominated, and then something super social commentary that's so important, that story is important, but the writing is equitable and the books are amazing in their own right, more than likely sure. the more important story is gonna be nominated. And I don't, I don't really have an opinion on whether that's the right thing or the wrong thing. But like you said, I, I think, unfortunately, the Pulitzer Prize, unless they have another category that's like not light fiction, but like, I don't know. And I just think we will never get the quote unquote fun reads nominated. Yeah. Um, and I read something today um, and I'm trying to find. I don't know. I her. hope that wasn't like me being like, oh. Boo, too much social commentary. That's not what I'm saying at all. I don't think I, I want to read that and I think it's important to read. I, I, I understand. It's almost like, you know, we like to talk a lot about unreliable narrators. Well, mm-hmm. what if the person that's able to make decisions is also because there's they're they're casting a different light mm-hmm. on the quality of the work. I was reading something earlier today, nineteen seventy six Roots by Alex Haley, I think was nominated and was a front runner for the prize. There was a lot of outrage about Roots by who? Alex Haley. America, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The saga of and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, there was uh, a lot of outrage because people didn't want to have be confronted with that reality. I don't know if they proved it because I don't think they did. I don't think I, I think it was just kind of a, a sort of a, a false front. But I know that Alex Haley was 
was uh, accused of plagiarism. Oh, interesting. And so they were able to get the book out of the nomination. And a Saul Bellow novel ended up. Humboldt's Gift won that year. Um, interesting. So, and which led to a whole big thing. And it was, I guess, I think that was one of the years where they were almost on the point of saying, no one gets a fiction prize this year. Yeah, because they're just tired of it at yeah. that point. Interesting, interesting. Okay. So, I mean, I think that, I mean, it's an, it's 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 giving it's giving art an award which is always dubious i mean there's i understand the arguments of why are we awarding why is a group why why do a group of people get to decide what is the best like i understand that because it is it is so subjective it's just yeah. like and i know like when you look at things with the, like the golden globes and the oscars and the grammys those are very much commercially motivated popularity contests sure i would like to think that that the pulitzer prize is a little it has a little more integrity, but I think it. I think it wavers. I think that there's some years where it, it is, some years it's not. Um, all in all, though, I think it's a cool source for finding something to read. I think at this point in the way that the world is right now, it's just like when you hear hype about movies or hype about shows. It's like they're going to definitely get an Emmy. They're going. Mm-hmm. I kind of already have an idea of who's going to be at least nominated for Pulitzer Prize winners um early on but i've kind of lost touch with it a little bit i'm gonna try and get back into it and start reading the pulitzer prize winners or the and the runner-ups yeah there was a time (laughs) there was a time when like i would try to watch all the best picture things and there's on the pulitzer website there's there were two lists one was fiction and one was novel and that was because up till up to your 40s they changed it from novel to fiction um yeah there's grapes of wrath you like the grapes of wrath right but here's one like Gone with the Wind got it in 1937, and boy, that's one that people don't. That's 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 one of those. Hey, we don't we don't people not not big fan of that story anymore. Mm. Um, oh, the good the good earth the good earth. I had to read that in school. That was Pearl S. Buck. I was not that was not that one not one of my favorites. But anyway, I don't know. I I think it'd be I think it's a good place to again that this it could be a nice way to find something new. I to agree. hit a different category like. If you don't read history much and don't even know what you would like, go see what's won. Mm-hmm. I think that that could work. Um, I really like that. If you look at the music list, there's so many of these like instrumental albums and concept albums, and then and then right there, 2018, "Damn" by Kendrick Lamar. Love it. Which is a really, really. I mean, that's 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 a good album. Yeah, and I I was never I was not a I didn't like rap at all until mm-hmm. him and Common were the two that got me going. Yeah, you know the 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 philosophers. Um. Yeah, so... Yeah, tell us what you think about Pulitzer Prize winners, if you think it's a good system, if you like to read Pulitzer Prize winners, yep. who you thought should have won this year, all the things, let us know in the comments. Like, I think I think, I think, think that, on the whole, I think the entire Expanse series should get some sort of award. I mean, they get Hugo sure. Awards. Maybe that's the one we should do. We should do a Hugo we Awards. We should do Hugo Awards. Those, that's a there's great some idea. crazy fun stuff in there. Yeah, they're or a, the, a little uh, bit more... Or the Stoker Awards. Yeah. All of the... Uh, all of the... the uh, yeah, let's do all the... The sensational writing awards. I love it. That's a new episode. Yeah, new episode yeah. idea. Put it on the list. Yeah, we could okay. get into. Yeah, we get into the the uh, like Harlequin romance rewards. I love the it. the hornies or whatever the they, they might be called. I love it. I don't know. So you have to read them now. Yeah. This has been Spirited Reads. We thank you for joining us. Please like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Additionally, keep track of the podcast and join the conversation at spiritedreads.com by following us on Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, and by joining our Goodreads page by searching Spirited Reads Podcast at gmail.com. 
If you'd like to support us, we're on Patreon. Keep reading and we'll be back in two weeks. Thank you.